1: deep in the bowels of a hidden bunker, somewhere under the brick and steel of a nondescript building, we've once again made contact with our leader, Mark Levin. And oh, Manischewitz.
0: Hello everybody, Mark Levin here, our number eight seven seven three eight one three eight one one eight seven seven three eight one three eight one one. 381 381 On freedom of the press, you know, ladies and gentlemen, the president's been right. We've all been hesitant to agree. But the modern mass media, the Democrat Party media, are the enemy of the people. They are the enemy of the people. And among those right now, in terms of this so-called impeachment inquiry, the legal analysts are the gravest threat to this republic. You know, it's one thing to write columns. It's one thing to be a former prosecutor. It's one thing to be a former judge, an independent counsel, whatever it is. Because you can sit back and look back at events. And then make an analysis. And then show everybody how smart you are. But in real time, when events are taking place, like hearings, you need to have the poise The sober insight and the reasoning ability to sit tight and to take in all the information before you draw truly insane conclusions. And you're going to be pressed to draw truly insane conclusions and in real time because that's the nature of the modern media. No circumspection whatsoever. And they call this news. It's not news, it's propaganda. And so we've had legal analysts say that the President of the United States may face a Watergate scenario where the Republicans in the Senate ask him to resign. Really? You've had legal analysts say in this morning's testimony the President had a very bad day. very bad day. Sondland is his kryptonite, effectively. Uh, you've had legal analysts say that the president has, in fact, committed a crime and, in fact, should be impeached. All over, the, all over the map. But there are no legal analysts like me on TV. You've got a lot of people who have these ideological agendas, who know nothing about our history, who know nothing about the constitutional system, or who are relatively new to being legal analysts, and panic. Now, if you watched or listened to this morning's testimony, you saw legal analysts, some of whom you like, panic. They didn't wait for the Republicans to speak. They took basically what was the first hour, hour and a half, 45 minutes of which was Schiff... And the former MSLSD commentator, now the lead majority counsel. And Sondland, his testimony. Pretty much, that was most of it. They didn't wait to hear the other evidence, the other commentary, none of it. So for all intents and purposes, they joined in with the left-wing media crowd. And the left-wing media crowd are excited about what's taking place. They're trying to drive up their ratings, draw attention to themselves, and so forth. Ask yourself a question. Why is Adam Schiff holding hearings tonight? Why does he need to hold so-called impeachment inquiry hearings at nighttime? What are his motivations? This was not discussed once. I'll tell you in a minute. But it's akin with these secret testimony in the bunker of the Capitol building in order to get a feel for what the witnesses will say before you make them public in order to try and set up the president rather than have spontaneous sworn testimony in front of the cameras they want to know in advance what these people are going to say so they can make their gotcha questions or promote them or leak it to the media I told you the other day and I'll repeat it today because the legal analysts on TV will not tell you this The American system and the American people have never, ever seen a process like this. Ever. It is thoroughly corrupt and tyrannical. Thoroughly corrupt and tyrannical. While they're trying to paint the president as corrupt and tyrannical. to the morning, we have this testimony from Sondland. Who is he? He's the ambassador to the European Union. Part of his portfolio was Ukraine. He talked repeatedly about his impressions. Everybody knew. Everybody knew what was going on, ladies and gentlemen. Everybody knew what was going on. I said this over and over again during the morning hearings. Everybody knew. Everybody was in on it. Well, what does that mean? Quid pro quo. Well, we just had two witnesses who testified yesterday that said there was no quid pro quo. We had Yovanovitch, who who hates Trump. She said there was no quid pro quo. There's not a single witness who said there was a quid pro quo, at least that they witnessed. And they're not even witnesses for all intents and purposes. That is, they have no idea what the President of the United States actually said or did because they never spoke with him, never met with him, and know nothing about him. Perfect witnesses, huh? But Mr. Sondland's different, you see, was appointed by Trump. And he's had many discussions with Trump. He can remember some, he can't remember others. This went on all morning. These so-called journalists thought they had the president where they wanted him. The legal analysts were lying or running for the hills or demonstrating how Inept they are at understanding what's taking place. And then comes the afternoon. And I'm on a plane flying back from Florida on JetBlue watching all this. My wife Julie and I are talking about it. We're shaking our heads at these people. How they pulled the trigger already. We had one legal analyst who was developing an article of impeachment for Adam Schiff. Obstruction of Congress, don't you know? Like they hadn't thought about that. They may not be familiar with what they attempted on the Mueller report, but I'll get to all this as the program proceeds. And I wrote some notes to myself, even before the afternoon hearings began and a Republican got to speak, or, or the later. This thing is set up so the Democrats are all in. Get the speeches, then you have Schiff, then you have... Majority council. then they take a break. It's for the fools on TV. Then he runs out and he does a press conference. Here's what I wrote on the plane as I was watching this. Sondland. In order to get military aid, the Ukrainian president had to announce that they were opening an investigation into 2016. That's what Sondland said. That's what he heard. Everybody knew this. So I wrote to myself, when did President Zelensky, the president of Ukraine, make a statement that the Ukrainians had opened an investigation in order to get their military aid? Well, they didn't. They never made such a statement. Well, which day, which time did they make the statement? Well, there was no day, there was no time. Well, then when did this quid pro quo get implemented? Since everybody knew about it. That is, the public statement of an, of an investigation for military aid in exchange for that. Well, it didn't. What was the quid pro quo for a White House? I mean, this is the other thing. It's a moving ball. Quid pro quo. Military aid if we get a White House meeting. Military aid if you make a public pronouncement that the Ukrainians have begun an investigation. Military aid if you make a public pronouncement that they're going to start an investigation even if they don't. None of it ever happened. Ever. But everybody knew. Everybody knew. See, what's happening here, ladies and gentlemen is what happens around the water cooler where you work. People get to the talking. They get to the gossiping. They share information. They don't get it accurate. Somebody says something as, it's, as if it's fact. Somebody repeats it. And so your own per, uh, personalities and preferences and policy views and so forth and so on are projected onto these things. Now, Sunlin was later asked, Did you talk to the president about Ukraine much? Oh, yeah, a couple of times, maybe three, four, five, whatever. Did the president ever, ever, ever connect military aid to any investigation? No. No? No? In fact, the last time I talked to the president, he specifically said, when I asked him an open-ended question about what did he want, He said nothing from the Ukrainians. No quid pro quo, nothing. Tell Zelensky to do what's right. Wow. What are we going to do with this now? Doesn't this sound impeachable, Mr. Producer? I want you to listen to some of the audio when we come back, but I also want you to keep something else in mind. If Donald Trump had followed the status quo of the prior administration, the prior State Department, the prior intelligence agencies, Ukraine wouldn't get a penny in offensive military armaments, not a penny, because that was the official policy of the Obama administration, of the John Kerry State Department, of which these longtime career State Department employees worked, and I don't remember them jumping up and down over that, do you? Got a lot of lectures about how important Ukraine is in order to deal with the Russians, and they're right. But it was so important that Obama didn't give them anything in terms of offensive military armaments. And I don't remember. State Department employees leaking? I don't remember any of it. I don't even remember Adam Schiff holding hearings complaining about it. Or demanding hearings to complain about it. And all the left-wing kook, code-pink Democrats all of a sudden are Ronald Reagan military hawks. So if Donald Trump had kept the status quo in place of the Obama administration and the Kerry Clinton State Department, Ukraine wouldn't have gotten a plug-nickel in offensive military armaments. And I want to remind you, I want to remind you, Russia invaded Ukraine when Obama was president. So there was more of a desperate need, an immediate need for that kind of military aid than even today. And it's needed greatly today. The irony, the sickening irony of all this, that the president, who's given them well over half a billion dollars over three years of his term in office, he's getting lectured from the Democrat Party, which didn't give that country a dime in offensive military aid when the Russians were invading them. Not a dime. and yet he's being attacked really for policy reasons by the inbreds in the bureaucracy. Excuse me, embeds in the bureaucracy, Mr. Producer. (laughs) Actually, both. And um, for not giving them the desperate aid that they needed, coming from Schiff and the, the other Democrats. All right, we got a ton to follow. Stick with me. Look, we don't panic here. We stick with the facts, the law, the Constitution, logic, rationality. I'm not trying to play to the news media. This isn't new to me. you got to take it all in, understand what's going on, the bigger picture, take it into consideration, and then explain it. I mean, the, the, these, these legal analysts are the worst that I've ever seen. The worst. We'll be right back. You hear me talk about Hillsdale College a lot, about its rigorous classical liberal arts curriculum, about its exceptionally bright and patriotic students. 175 years ago, Hillsdale College was founded with a mission defined by four enduring purposes, learning, character, faith, and freedom. While many institutions have lost their way, Hillsdale College maintains an unwavering commitment to learning, character, faith, and freedom. I've also talked about the great Dr. Larry Arne, the president of Hillsdale College. He's one of the finest Americans I've ever known. And he explains that these four purposes, learning, character, faith, and freedom, remain inseparable in the activity of education at Hillsdale College. He says, learning is difficult and takes more than talent. It takes hard work, which requires character. Freedom is essential for learning, but it is fragile and constantly under threat, so its principles must be studied by all for the sake of its defense. At Hillsdale, faith and learning are integrated toward God, because He is the first authority. Folks, if you've ever wondered why I love Hillsdale College, now you know. Visit hillsdale.edu, that's hillsdale.edu, for more information. Hillsdale College. Pursuing truth and defending liberty since 1844. Remember, that's hillsdale.edu, hillsdale.edu. By the way, tonight's hearing, uh, the president violated the Impoundment Act, don't you know? This is uh, comical in a sick way. Gordon Sunland, the ambassador to the European Union. At today's hearing, listen up, legal analysts. Cut five, go.
2: But I believe I just asked him an open-ended question, Mr. Chairman. he asked
0: the president an open-ended question. Go ahead.
2: But I believe I just asked him an open-ended question, Mr. Chairman. What do you want from Ukraine? I keep hearing all these different ideas and theories and this and that. What do you want? And it was a very short, abrupt conversation. He was not in a good mood. And he just said, I want nothing. I want nothing. I want no quid pro quo. Tell Zelensky to do the right thing. Something to that effect.
0: So we have the president says he did nothing. The president of Ukraine who says he did nothing. The secretary of state and the foreign minister, both who've listened in the call and have been involved in this, who said he did nothing. We have Gordon Sondland, the first of the witnesses who's actually spoken directly to the president of the United States, quoting the president and saying, I don't want anything. And so forth. Why are we having this hearing? Why are you even talking about impeachment? Ladies and gentlemen, can you get evidence stronger than this? I would ask the legal analysts. Maybe it's the Democrats who should walk up to Adam Schiff and suggest that he resign. Has that occurred to any of the legal analysts? Can you get stronger evidence than this? And this witness is called by the Democrats. Cut six. Go.
3: Did the president ever tell you personally about any preconditions for anything? No. Okay. So the president never told you about any preconditions for the aid to be released? No. Uh, the president never told you about any preconditions for a White House meeting? Personally, no. The uh, You said you didn't have your records or your documents from the State Department, but if you did, there wouldn't be any document or record that Ties President Trump personally to any of this, correct? Boy, I don't want to speculate what would, would be. Your, your on, documents are records. I, I don't recall anything like okay. that. Okay. No. Good heavens. Mm. Okay.
0: Wow. Nope. President never told him any of those things. And he's one of the point men. He actually spoke directly to the president, unlike all the other witnesses that Democrats have. He spoke directly to the president. The president didn't mealy mouth. He didn't go, huh, what, where, how. No, no preconditions, none whatsoever. The president didn't raise any preconditions for the release of military aid. And the concerns the president had were also reinforced today. That Ukraine is and was thoroughly corrupt, and he was deeply concerned about and the failure of Europe, of Europe, to chip in what Europe should chip in to help defend Ukraine. Lots more. I'll be right back. Liberty and learning. In a healthy democracy, these two things are mutually supportive. In America today, however, that bond is broken. To help repair the breach, Hillsdale College has launched the Van Andel Graduate School of Government in the nation's capital. And unlike other graduate programs, Hillsdale teaches politics as a human activity oriented toward justice, a series of choices guided in the best case by right principles, but made in ever-changing circumstances that require prudence to achieve the best attainable results. Hillsdale's curriculum combines the careful reading of primary sources and serious historical inquiry. Students learn how to apply the principles of free government and advance the cause of constitutionalism in the context of ever-changing circumstances. Hillsdale's new Van Andel School of Government is a program unlike any other in Washington, D.C. Hillsdale College, pursuing truth and defending liberty since 1844. Learn more at levinforhillsdale.com. That's L-E-V-I-N for Hillsdale.com.
1: most powerful conservative voice, The Mark Levin Show. Dial in now, 877-381-3811.
0: You know, this is a uh, step-by-step process when I do this show, so sit tight. We've got a lot to go over, and I think you'll be better informed after it, as opposed to uh, watching cable and network and listening to the network news on this program. Um, That, I'm sure of. Gordon Sondland. Cut seven, go.
3: Just to sort of be clear here, ultimately the the aid was lifted on September 11th. Um, There was never any announcement by the Ukrainians about any investigations they were going to do, correct? Correct. The Ukrainians never, to your knowledge, started any of these investigations, correct? Not to my knowledge. Um, And... Um, consequently these allegations that there was a quid pro quo that had to be uh, enforced before the aid is released it never came to fruition right I don't believe so
0: so why are we here why are we here these other people aren't even witnesses they didn't actually witness anything these so-called Whistleblower didn't actually witness anything. Cut eight, go.
2: President Trump never told me directly that the aid was conditioned on the meetings. The only thing we got directly from Giuliani was that the Barisma and 2016 elections were conditioned on the White House meeting. The aid was my own personal, uh, you know, guess, Based again on your analogy, 2 plus 2 equals
0: 4. Now let's stop here a second. But everybody knew he said earlier, so he contradicts himself. But that said, he also will testify that Giuliani never brought up military aid. Ever. You know, you got to feel for Giuliani, too. He doesn't get an opportunity to defend himself. Well, Mark, he won't go in front of this committee. That's not defending yourself. That's surrendering yourself To a tyrannical tribunal. As I said, America has never seen anything like this. No president has ever experienced anything like this. In fact, no American citizen has ever experienced anything like this. And for what? I'm sitting here, aren't you, wondering... I mean, apart from the political and ideological motivations, as a a rational matter, they don't have anything here. They keep twisting and bullying and doesn't this mean you... And you don't dispute what what the so-called said... I heard this day in and day out, which is a prosecutor's trick. Continue, please.
2: You didn't talk to President Trump when Ambassador Taylor says that that's what you told him? Is that your testimony here? My testimony is I never heard from President Trump that aid was conditioned on an announcement of elections. So you never heard those specific words. Correct. Right, but never heard those words.
0: Now that's the former MSLSD legal analyst who was so good at being an analyst on MSNBC that he's now a, uh, the lead lawyer for the committee, and he's pressing him. Are you sure about this? Oh, yeah, yeah. This weren't his exact words, though, were they? Cut nine, go.
2: So you do acknowledge you spoke to President Trump as you indicated in that text, right? If I said I did, I did. And that after that conversation, you were still under the impression that the aid was contingent on these public announcements. I did not get that from President Trump.
0: See, they can't can't really successfully make the case because they don't have any case. So they keep pushing an innuendo, an implication. And the media, unbelievable. There we are on the plane and my, my wife shows me a headline from the Wall Street Journal. And I have to paraphrase it. I didn't memorize it. But it's pretty close. That Sonland testifies. Trump tied military aid. To Biden investigation. That is such a lie. Such a complete lie. And this is what spooked. The legal analysts. All over cable TV. Those who who are not in the tank ideologues, but turned out to be worse. They drew the same conclusion. And that's not what the man said. Didn't even come close to saying that. And they couldn't wait to let it play out or anything else. It was a lie. They went with a lie. The media went with a lie. And early on, that's what you heard, a lie. But the Republicans, they got a shot too. Hear Jim Jordan at the hearing today. Cut one, go.
4: Ambassador, when did it happen? <clears throat> when did what happen? The announcement. When did President Zelensky announce that the investigation was going to happen? On page 14, you said this. Was there a quid pro quo today's, op- your opening statement? As I testified previously, with regard to a que- requested White House call, White House meeting, the answer is yes, that there needed to be a public statement from President Zelensky. When the chairman asked you about the security assistance dollars, you said there needed to be a public announcement from Zelensky. So I'm asking you a simple question. When did that happen? Never did. Never did. They got the call July 25th. They got the meeting, not in the White House, but in New York on September 25th. They got the money on September 11th. When did the meeting happen again? Never did. You don't know who was in the meeting? Which meeting are you referring to? The meeting that never happened. Who was in it? <laughs> <laughs> You know how Zelensky announced it? Did he tweet it? Did he do a press statement? Did he do a press conference? You know how that happened? I mean, no. you, you got all three of them wrong. They get the call. They get the meeting. They get the money. It's not two plus two. It's 0 oh for three. I mean, I, I've never seen anything like this. And, and you told Mr. Castor that the president never told you that the announcement had to happen to get anything. In fact, he didn't just not tell you that. He explicitly said the opposite. The gentleman from Texas just read it. You said to the president of the United States, what do you want from Ukraine? The president. I want nothing. I want no quid pro quo. I want Zelensky to do the right thing. I want him to do what he ran on. What did he run on, Mr. Ambassador Sondland? Transparency. And dealing with corruption, right? That's right. Mr. Castor raised another important point. Why didn't you put that statement in your opening statement? I think you said you couldn't fit it in. Is that right? You said we might be here for 46 <laughs> minutes instead of 45 minutes. It wasn't, it wasn't minutes. purposeful, trust me. Wasn't purposeful? No. Couldn't fit it in a 23 page opener. The most important statement about the subject matter at hand. The president unites in a direct conversation with you about the issue at hand. And the president says, let me read it one more time. What do you want from Ukraine, Mr. President? I want nothing. I want no quid pro quo. I want this new guy, brand new guy in politics. His party just took over. I want Zelensky to do the right thing. I want him to run on and do what he ran on, which is deal with corruption. And you can't find time to fit that in a 23-page opening statement you know what a quid pro quo is i do this for that right looks to me like ukraine got that three times and we there was no this there was we we didn't do anything or excuse me they didn't have to do anything i I, i've never seen anything like that and this is this is when the call came out you all remember this when the call came out everyone said we're gonna Quid pro quo. There's going to be, a, that, that was what was in the call. And of course, of course that didn't happen. That didn't happen. Remember what, they, what the complaint said? Remember what the memo said of the whistleblower? This call was frightening. This call was scary. All those things, none of that materialized.
0: Outstanding. Then there's John Ratcliffe, also outstanding today. Cut to Go.
5: Ambassador Sondland, I'm going to try and uh, quickly move to uh, summarize all of your direct communications with President Trump as it relates to this inquiry. And, of course, you can correct me if I get it wrong. Um, On May 23rd, you had a group uh, meeting that included what you called a vanilla request about uh, ending corruption involving uh, Ukrainian oligarchs, correct? Correct. On July 25th, you called president trump to say you were on your way to ukraine but nothing of substance occurred on that call correct correct on july 26 you had a five-minute call at a restaurant that you didn't originally remember because it according to your statement this morning quote did not strike me as significant at the time and quote but once refreshed recalled that the primary purpose was a, a rapper named asap rocky correct correct And on September 9th, and most importantly, uh, reading from your uh, deposition, you called President Trump to ask him, what do you want from Ukraine? He responded, I want nothing. I want no quid pro quo. I want Zelensky to do the right thing. I want him to do what he ran on. And what he ran on was fighting corruption, correct? Correct. And then lastly, on October 2nd, in a random in-person meeting that you had at an event for the Finnish president, you ran into President Trump and advised him that you'd been called to testify before Congress, and he said to you, good, go tell the truth. That's correct. All right. And that is the entirety of your recollection of your direct communications with President Trump about these matters.
2: I may have had another call or meeting or two. I, again, I wish Mr. Radcliffe I had the record.
5: I understand. Please. But this is what you recall. This is
2: what I recall. Okay.
5: So... Stop me if there's anything sinister or nefarious in any of this. A vanilla request about corruption, a call to say I'm on my way to Ukraine, a five-minute call you didn't remember is significant, but its primary purpose was to discuss a rapper, a call that you made where the president said, I want nothing, I want no quid pro quo, I want Zelensky to do the right thing, I want him to do what he ran on, and him telling you to go tell Congress the truth. Anything sinister or nefarious about any of that? Not the way you present it. Okay. And that is the truth, as you've presented it, correct? Correct. All right. Why that's important, Ambassador Sondland, is because none of that is hearsay. None of that is speculation. None of that is opinion. That is direct evidence. Uh, And ultimately, that is what, if this proceeds to the Senate, they're going to care about. Unlike this proceeding, which has been based on largely speculation and presumption and opinion, this is direct evidence testimony and direct evidence and to that point none of that included evidence about the Bidens and none of that included evidence about military assistance because President Trump never mentioned either of those to you correct that's correct all right so going back to the July 26th uh, call because it's going to be a spectacle tomorrow you didn't remember it because it didn't strike you as significant at the time Is it fair to say that if uh, the President of the United States was asking you to do or say something improper or unlawful, that would have been significant to you? Yes. All right. And if that call was part of a bribery or extortion scheme that you were part of, as Democrats have alleged, you'd remember that as significant, wouldn't you? I was not
2: a part, and I would have remembered.
5: I understand that. And I agree with you. Um, Let's turn to the quid pro quo, because it's been reported in the papers that this was blockbuster testimony today about quid pro quo and new evidence. To be fair to you, Ambassador Sondland, according to your statement today, as you say on page 14, as you testified previously, this was uh, your opinion that there was a quid pro quo, correct?
2: The... uh 2016 Burisma and the, uh, excuse me, the 2016 uh, election and Burisma in return for the uh, White House meeting.
5: That's right. correct. So um, you've shared that before. Um, to that point, to be clear again on the part of it that relates to military assistance, though, you don't have any direct evidence from President Trump about that part of it. That, uh, that That's your two plus two part of the equation, right? The presumption. That's correct? That's correct. All right. And you understand also that um, others disagreed. Yesterday we heard from uh, Mr. Morrison, Ambassador Volcker. They testified that they didn't see a quid pro quo. Do you understand that? I understand that. That's what they said. Okay. That reasonable people could look at all of this and come to different conclusions. Correct? Correct. I yield back.
0: Hmm. I think we have to impeach the president over this, don't you, Mr. Bidusi? Look, there's a ton more, more aspects of this I want to get to. We'll be right back. Welcome to Hillsdale. What's going on here? A lot more good than you think. Polls are starting to turn against the Democrats. People are not liking this. And you know what's funny? If it gets to the Senate, it eventually will. And because McConnell won't cut it off, you'll have a trial of sorts. We'll still hear what the Democrats have to say, just repeat it in the Senate. But if McConnell's going to have a trial, he better call the right witnesses. And I better not hear any Republicans say, protect the whistleblower. The whistleblower is not protected under the law. Ladies and gentlemen, I have read the law. I've read the law. Why would you protect somebody who's not protected under the law? That's the real cover-up, but I'll get all this later. Got a good, fulsome show ahead of us. And so I have a question for you. And we'll carry this over into the next side, too. An investigation of Ukraine's interference in our election. Should we, the American people, the voters, the president, simply ignore the activities of Ukraine in 2016? along with the DNC, and they're engaging in election interference in 2016? Should we just ignore it? That's what the Democrats are saying. it not imperative to investigate this? Don't we have an obligation to do that? That is, is it not an abuse of our electoral system to ignore it? I must be missing something. Didn't Chuck Schumer call for a special counsel and Nancy Pelosi and the entire conga line of Democrats and Democrat Party media Gave us a special counsel. Two, two and a half years. Forty million dollars of investigations. Hundreds of subpoenas. Hundreds of witnesses. Thirteen foreign countries involved. Thousands and thousands. Literally millions of documents provided. We needed to get to the bottom of Russia. And Trump. Well they got to the bottom of it. And there was nothing there. Now it comes to Ukraine and the Democrats. There are. Serious stories out there that they're dismissing in Politico, the New York Times, and elsewhere. About Ukraine's interference in the 2016 election for the purpose of defeating Donald Trump, sabotaging his campaign, Politico said, on the side of Hillary Clinton. That the Clinton campaign, the DNC, the Obama State Department, and the Obama administration were involved. This is not theory. This is a fact. But because it involves Democrats, we're not allowed to look at... Don't we, the people, have a right to know what took place? That's what the president's saying.
6: From the Westwood One Podcast Network.
1: He's here. He's here.
0: You're listening to the Senior Legal Analyst of the Mark Levin Show. Oh, yes. The Supreme Judicial Chieftain of the Mark Levin Show. How do you like that one, Mr. Producer? They come up with these weird names on TV. Weird names on TV. By the way, do you realize how much damage these Democrats and the media are doing to our relationship with Ukraine? While they claim to be worried about the Ukraine? They're trashing the president of the Ukraine, a real reformer. To believe Adam Schiff, these legal analysts, these journalists, and all the rest of them, you have to believe that the president of Ukraine is an abject liar. He says nothing happened. Don't you think he'd know at some point if something happened? He says nothing happened. Now, who are you going to believe? All the opinion testimony, all the hearsay testimony... And by the way, Adam Schiff, if you're going to continue to give testimony, tell us what everybody is saying, cherry-picking what they're saying, drawing your stupid lines together. We're still waiting, by the way, for your evidence of Russia collusion with the Trump campaign. You filthy liar, that's all you ever do is you lie to the American people. So, of course, Nancy Pelosi would be attracted to you as leading this effort. If you're going to lie, then get your ass in the witness chair, be sworn in, so you could be charged with perjury. If you want to give testimony based on the testimony of opinion and hearsay witnesses as well as Mr. Sondland, Sondland, then get in the chair, get sworn in, and act like a man, you little mouse, you little creep. Guy gives his own testimony. Buffoon. Now, this is all such a lie. I got to thinking, ladies and gentlemen, more to come. Let's take a look at Russia and the Democrats in Congress and the Democrats in the media. Without any facts whatsoever, we get a special counsel for a criminal investigation. Schumer pushes for it, Pelosi, the media, everybody on the left. The report comes out, it's not good enough. They want classified information. They want secret grand jury information in violation of federal law. They want FBI raw notes called 302s in violation of federal law. They went after Don Trump Jr. for nothing. Now let's look at Ukraine. No special counsel. No to the testimony of the so-called whistleblower. No to the testimony of Hunter Biden no to Republican witnesses without the approval of Schiff, and no to a president's lawyer being present. Isn't it funny? So it's all right to investigate Republicans and a Republican president and to use standards that have never, ever been imagined, let alone applied to a president of the United States. When it comes to the Russia collusion... The investigation launched against this president was unprecedented. When it comes to the Democrat Party collusion with Ukraine, same thing. They unleashed an investigation of the president. They can't call Hunter Biden because his name's not Don Jr. You got a hell of a lot more information floating around there about Hunter Biden than you ever had with Donald Trump Jr. Doesn't matter. Doesn't matter. Unbelievable. the facts don't matter. And they're never going to matter with these people. I said the other day, who do you think the Ukrainians prefer as President of the United States? Trump or Obama? There's not even a doubt. No doubt. Then we get to this issue of obstruction that I would like to discuss with you briefly. Everybody knows that the Democrats are going to use obstruction of Congress as a charge... So nothing genius there from our legal analysts. But has there been obstruction of Congress? Seems to me that people doing the obstruction are the Democrats, I just told you why. They're obstructing Congress, and they're in the majority. But let's move on from that point. Let's take a short trip down memory lane. I thought Nancy Pelosi said this is not an official impeachment inquiry. Don't use the word impeachment. Remember that, Mr. Producer? Just an inquiry that might lead to impeachment. But the Judiciary Committee does the impeachment inquiry, not the Intelligence Committee. That's what she said in order to protect the, uh, the 31 Stooges they have there, so-called moderate Democrats. Yeah, that's pretty funny. Moreover, the House Intelligence Committee, the House Intelligence Committee isn't the full House of Representatives. Well, Mark, the House of Representatives voted on rules and the House Intelligence Committee to do what it's doing. I repeat, it's not an official impeachment inquiry, according to Nancy Pelosi. That's not what that resolution says. In any event, there's separation of powers issues. Separation of powers issues. How they'll be resolved, we don't know, because we have activists on the courts now who want to get involved in these things rather than leave it to the political branches. The President of the United States has said, I'm not providing you with witnesses. I'm not providing you with documentation. This is an illegitimate impeachment inquiry. Given the history of how impeachment inquiries have been handled, in three prior cases with Johnson, Nixon, and Clinton. This is a rogue Democrat operation. that aimed at 2020. Not at holding a President accountable. I mean, if Adam Schiff really thought he had a case, he would follow the standards that were applied in the past. But he doesn't have a case. So he's Joseph Stalin incarnate when it comes to process. That's what he is. In fact, Joseph Stalin would be proud of little Adam Schiff. He'd be saying to himself, wow, even in the greatest constitutional republic ever founded, look how this guy gets away with tyranny. I wish I had figured out how to do that. Instead, I had to slaughter 60 million people. Okay, there we are. So there's legitimate separation of power question. So the President of the United States, who gave everything and anything to Robert Mueller and the 19 band of liberal Democrat donors and hacks, who he called assistant prosecutors, President said, you know what? This is never going to end. They're trying to cripple my presidency. Look at these subpoenas. Subpoenaing my kids, my former business partners, my accountants, my banks. They want my tax returns. It, this is just intended to destroy this presidency and undermine the republic because they're power hungry. They believe they should have won in 2016 and they insist they must win in 2020. They're undermining our constitutional order. They're undermining the traditions and customs that we've had when it comes to law and order and, yes, impeachment. So this president's taking a stand. He's actually defending the Constitution. Hey, pay attention, you legal analysts. I'm educating you. He's defending the office of the presidency. Because no presidency should be treated this way. Obama wasn't. We use process to try and destroy a president and his, his administration because you don't like the outcome of an election. We've never seen subpoenas like this, both in content and numbers. We've never seen hearings like this, ever, in American history. Ever. And we've never seen news coverage like this when it comes to a political party. The president has said, he's courageously said, all right, I'm taking a stand here. He's never defied a court order. If a court rules one way or another, he'll follow it. And so what... Schiff is saying this is obstruction of Congress. He used to say obstruction of justice, but he's such an idiot. And so did the legal analysts. I said, it can't be obstruction of justice. We're not in the justice system. It'll be obstruction of Congress. And so that's the term they're throwing around now. So the man who is obstructing the ability to have a real hearing on a matter that is not an impeachment matter and who's covering up for a so-called whistleblower with whom he's colluded in order to take down a president is arguing about obstruction of Congress. The majority, which is uh, obstructing the Republicans and their ability to call witnesses and so forth, he calls President Trump obstructing Congress. Where have all these witnesses come from, Mr. Producer? They're current or former administration officials, aren't they? They're of the swamp or were of the swamp? president's not doing the greatest job in the world, is he? in obstructing Congress. You had this Sondland today, over and over and over again, I needed access to my records, access to my records. No, you didn't. President can commit perjury, extortion, quid pro quo. These are the phrases they've been running. High crimes, treason, high crimes, misdemeanors. No. So what do you need your notes for? And he emphatically said, no, the president didn't tell him to do these things. In fact, Has there been a witness yet? Even the phony witnesses who have said the president instructed them to do anything. Not one. But the legal analyst, my God. The president really stepped in. You know, he tweeted the other day. He did what? He tweeted? Oh, yeah, while there was a witness there. Witness intimidation. Really? Witness intimidation. Sick, the whole damn thing's sick. I'll be right back. love in In today's digital age, where cyber threats loom larger than ever, safeguarding your personal information is paramount. So why is Congress considering a law that could put your credit card data at greater risk of being hacked and exposed to foreign networks? So, why are they holding impeachment hearings, so called, in the middle of the night on the East Coast? What's the rush, ladies and gentlemen? I think the Clinton one took six, eight, nine months. I'm doing this off the top of my head. Uh, Nixon resigned, but that was several months, several months more longer than this. What's going on, folks? I told you the other day they're in a race with the Inspector General, of the Justice Department, and his FISA report, and they're in a race with the Attorney General and the U.S. Attorney in Connecticut We're investigating twenty sixteen. Let me ask you another question of logic here. The Attorney General of the United States is investigating with the U.S. Attorney in Connecticut. Durham is the point man. What took place in twenty sixteen? Let me let me do this right, Mr. Producer. We'll go back and forth on this. Right? It's a public investigation, correct? was announced. It's criminal. It's a criminal investigation. Wide-ranging. Correct? Why then all this talk about Trump demanding an investigation of 2016 when there's already an investigation of 2016? Well, he wants the help from Ukraine. But Ukraine's going to have to help our Department of Justice anyway. Can't send FBI agents into a foreign country to investigate a foreign government without their support and help. Ask Mr. Mueller, who spoke to 13 of them in his investigation of Russia, so-called. But the Bidens, he wanted the Bidens investigated. He didn't say he wanted the Bidens investigated. He asked them if, whether they would look into it. And I don't know why that's a problem. Ladies and gentlemen, maybe an investigation of Hunter Biden will finally clear the little bastard. I mean, the, uh, the guy. A friend of mine sent me an email today. This congressman from New York, who's a real slug, thinks he's a tough guy, is actually quite the opposite. Appears to me to be transitioning, perhaps, from a human being to a uh, whatever. So, um, so he's yelling at Sondland. And they have these clapping seals in the audience. So Adam Schiff taking this very seriously, and Nancy Pelosi's very prayerful, as they load up the audience with clapping seals. It's such a clown show, it's not even funny. It's a circus. And Adam Schiff is the bozo of the circus. A lot of dancing dogs there. Remember Barnum and Bailey? They destroyed Barnum and Bailey, they did. First they took out the elephants. Then they shut it down. Because Peter and the liberals and the media didn't like it. Really smart over there. So you can't even take your kids to... uh, to, to the great circus that used to be. Was destroyed. Anyway. And their popcorn, by the way, is better than the popcorn of the movie theaters. I have to say that. Did you ever go to Barnum & Bailey Circus, Mr. Producer? Weren't they great? Well, they destroyed it. And by the way, the company that owns it destroyed it, in my humble opinion. Nobody's going to go to the big circus without the elephants. Anyway, I digress here. Let's get back to this. Why would launching an investigation in Ukraine concern the Democrats? What do they care? If it's a non issue, as the late great Anderson Cooper had to say of the Stormy Daniels interview fame, why do they care if the president said, Why don't you investigate the 2016? What took place in 2016. And why do they care when it's already being investigated? And he's basically telling the president of Ukraine, please assist my guys, he even refers him to the attorney general. Why is that a problem? If it's nonsense or a right-wing conspiracy, what's the problem? Why such frenzy, desperate pushback by the, by the Democrats and such dismissal by the media? Because it is a problem for them. We know this thanks to left-wing kook Kenneth Vogel, who is a left-wing kook writer for the New York Slimes now. But his, his factual dissertation in the, in the article on evidence is so overwhelming, he can't dismiss it. And then he did it again, I think it was in May 2018, in the uh, New York Slimes. And they slapped this boy down so hard it's not even funny on the left. They've slapped him down so hard. We haven't heard from him again on this. Steady's out there attacking John Solomon and so forth. So why would launching an investigation. With the assistance of Ukraine. Or Ukraine in launching an investigation. Concern the Democrats. Because their fingerprints are all over 2016. That's why. Same reason they wouldn't investigate. Their role with Russia in 2016. Everything but the same reason they're holding nighttime hearings and impeachment to try and get in front of the Horowitz IG report, to try and get in front of the Durham criminal investigatory report. That's what this is all about. Even with the propagandists dressed up as legal analysts, even with the cowards dressed up as legal analysts, even with the journalists dressed up as journalists. I think this ultimately is all going to backfire. Devin Nunes. Do we have time? I don't think so. No, no time. We'll, we'll play a little Devin Nunes. He deserves it. He's, he's really good each and every day. I watch these hearings and I say to myself, good God, how do people do this for a living, Mr. Producer? The Democrats scheming every moment of their careers. How do they do this for a living? lie they lie so easily now it's just part of their character same with the media when you look at Fake Tapper or Donnie Lemon or Fredo Cuomo or if you gaze your eyes over at MSLSD and that wonderful lineup there Andrea Mitchell Brian Williams all the retreads and of course the great Al Sharpton there he's very intrepid I'll be right back
1: Levin, tough as hell.
0: That's why I like Mark Levin, and I'm not sure a lot of people like him. He's tough as hell, but I like him. I love him. Call in now, 877-381-3811. The president is defending the Constitution. He's defending separation of powers. He's defending the office of the presidency. He's defending your franchise and those of you who voted for him. If he capitulated to all this stuff, our country would be quite different. Our president wasn't prepared to do business as usual and just write these massive hundreds and hundreds of billions of dollars and millions of dollar checks. We all know that. This crap that's going on in the House of Representatives, since the Democrats took over, now they're in a race to do it as fast as they can. Using rules that have never been used in this country, ever, against any public official at the federal level under our Constitution. You know, in a world that has lost its way, lost respect for logic, law, and American history, who's defending you in Washington? Who speaks for conservatives? AMAC, the Association of Mature American Citizens, that's who. Oh, I'm, I'm going to stop a second. This guy Maloney from New York is one of the biggest jackasses of a committee of jackasses. He thinks he's a tough guy. You a tough guy there, Mr. New York? Mr. Maloney? You sit there and you yell at witnesses? I hope you don't do that at home. You don't talk to your family that day, do you, Mr. Punk? Mr. Tough Guy? Trying to force people to answer leading questions? Questions, Mr. Producer, do a quick Google chat. When did this clown get elected? Is he one of the 31 moderates? Or is he just another lunatic? Now let me get back to a wonderful, wonderful sponsor, AMAC. You know, in a world that has lost its way, lost respect for logic, law, and American history. Who's defending you in Washington? Who speaks for conservatives? AMAC, the Association of Mature American Citizens, that's who. Now, AMAC gives its members valuable, everyday benefits and discounts. I mean, they're not only valuable, they're amazing. They're great benefits and discounts. While boldly defending America's priceless constitution, sacred history, individual liberties, and basic moral compass. AMAC fights for border and national security, freedom, speech, freedom of religion, and values articulated by Reagan and Trump, like a strong defense, limited government, and lower taxes. Hard to believe we're here, but we are. And AMAC is dedicated to remembering past sacrifices and preserving America's core values for the future. They oppose the rise of socialism and the Medicare for All scheme that will destroy Medicare and all private health care. If you're not an AMAC member, you should be. The next election will decide our nation's fate, we will either be true to America's noble past and principles or we'll be in the crapper. Folks, sign up today. The great discounts and benefits, plus they'll defend your country. That's amac.us, A-M-A-C dot U-S, amac right. So this jerk was elected in 2012, does it say what part of New York he represents? Hudson Valley. Isn't that like corrupt over there, Menendez? Didn't he come out of there? Oh yeah. Oh, Menendez is New Jersey. Well, what's the difference? No, no offense. Oh, he's Hudson County. Why anything name Hudson is a problem? And uh, no offense. All right, let's pull up our uh, our call screen, Mister Producer. Give me some really good caller there. Any irregular American or regular Americans? Yes, XM satellite Fred in California, go right ahead, sir.
7: sir Levin, what a yes. pleasure to speak to you.
0: Well it is I've been I mean, thank you. you
7: know what? I'm so glad I got through to you. I was you just said, you just sent what I called about.
0: I don't know I'm what watching, did you call about?
7: We're talking about leading on the witnesses. Oh, you yeah. know I, I've watched I'm not a lawyer, but I watched enough law uh, television you're not a shows. defendant, are you, sir? At one point, I was.
0: Yeah. Well, who wasn't?
7: All right, go ahead. Yeah. But you know, I mean, really, I was. I'm at the gym. I'm on the treadmill, and I live here in Northern California. Which, believe it or not, I'm in a I'm in a Republican district, District One, but I live in a in a liberal town. So we have at Fox News, CNN, NBC, MSNBC. I'm watching. I'm listening on my headphones now. That now I'm listening to Adam Schiff, and he's every he's asking these questions. And he's lead- if he doesn't get what he wants, he continues to change it and rearrange it until he tries to get what he wants out of it, you know? And I was thinking, he's leading the witness. And you know what you just said about the guy from New York? These guys just seem really angry if they don't get the answers they want right off the bat. So, i just a frustrated American. I
0: particularly like the, they have a new line now. The Democrats when they say, you know, I don't have any recollection of when they say, well, if fill in the blank says something happened, you'd have no reason to disbelieve them, would you? who answers a question like that? The answer to a question like that would be, Congressman, what kind of question is that? I have no reason to believe or disbelieve them. I don't have any knowledge on that matter. So the whole thing is a setup. It's very sleazy. Those kinds of questions wouldn't work in a court of law. And I love it. People say, we're not in a court of law like we're idiots. Really? You think? But, should the standards even be higher when you're talking about an impeachment processor than a court of law? Shouldn't they even be because you're affecting the entire country? All right, the answer is yes. Thank you for your call. All right, let's see here. I'm looking. I'm a-looking. Jerry, Long Island, New York, the great WABC, Go.
7: Mark, wonderful speaking to you. I, I love your analysis. I just—I'm I'm trained as a doctor, and I'm just watching all these debates going on. The thing that struck me is we're dealing with political projection, which is a form of psychosis. The individual.
0: Wait a minute! I can I, tell you're not a proctologist. What are you—a psychiatrist, no, psychologist?
7: No, well, anyway, looking at psychiatry or the the way they interact. They basically don't own the responsibility for their own actions. Chip, for instance, who's a proxy of a oligarch who's basically subverting the Constitution and destroying it and basically lying through his teeth, has taken over the Congress. And basically- Hold on now,
0: so you're saying it's Nancy Pelosi who's the oligarch?
7: Well, they're, they're, they're interrelated, but it's the same phenomenon. Basically, what they're doing is they're projecting responsibility onto the victims and that's, they proceed on that basis. It has, they lack the ability to weigh their own behavior. They're only interested in power. That's all it is. How do
0: you explain the legal analysts?
7: Well, the, the legality is something they're hiding behind, but they've been so involved. In other words, if you look at all the organizations that they've produced and what's going on in the West Coast, Antifa, Black Power, all this other stuff, all this garbage, Basically what they're doing is they're creating a class of victims who are going to take responsibility for their bad behavior. Yeah, I think you're right. That's the central mechanism. That's what I see as the central mechanism. We're dealing Mm -hmm. with a cultural psychosis. These people don't deserve to have power because they're incapable of reflecting on what they're doing to others. But a lot
0: of crazy people do get power.
7: No, but yeah, but the point is that this is what they're doing. You can explain, it's one explanation. You know, take it or
0: leave it. But to me... You're, you're a psychologist, did you say?
7: No, I'm
0: a doctor. You're a doctor. I want to do a little experiment with you, doctor. Okay. I'm going to read some headlines to you, and you tell me from which website this comes. Tonight. Oh, that's not it. Ambassador drops bombs, followed president's orders, Giuliani pushed quid pro quo, Pence knew. Everyone was in the loop. These are headlines and, and links. It was, was no secret. Pompeo dragged deeper into the probe. Rudy slams GOP impeachment lawyer. Republican witnesses aren't helping Trump. What do you think? These are like 98% hysterically, desperately anti-Trump. There's a lot of other news stories out there that don't read like that. So what website do you think is linking massive headlines and so forth in such a direction?
7: Well, I think they, they've been... They've
0: no, no, I didn't ask you that. Which website do you think it is?
7: The, the fake news has fooled the media for so long. If I
0: told you that was the Drudge Report, what would you say?
7: Uh, I'm not that familiar. I, it's hard All right,
0: know. thanks for your call. This is our nightlier, every other nightly look. Ambassador drops bombs. No, that was the morning where that idiocy went on. And where does that come from? Yahoo. Yahoo's not even that good. Let's see. Next headline. Followed President's Orders. Let's see. Where's that one coming from? Ooh, Reuters. So there's a headline there. Giuliani pushed quid pro quo. Let's see. Where's that one there? Uh, The Associated Depressed. Let's continue to look, shall we? I think I will. Pence knew. My God, let's take out the whole administration. All right, where's that one coming from? Oh, mediaite. Now yeah, that, that's a that's great job, mediaite. Oh, well then that's that. Here's the thing, folks. Those of you who are watching this closely, do you really need people to tell you what you're hearing and seeing? This is what's different about the media today. We're such a divisive country. I'm going to tell you something. When you read the headlines. From these media outlets, and you look how they're put in these marquee headlines on these various websites, that's what's killing our country. This isn't even an attempt to be objective, or balanced, or anything of the sort. And in my book, among other things, I say, these, these media outlets, what are their new media outlets, like websites and so forth, all they have an obligation to be as objective as they can. If they're not going to be, they have an obligation to be transparent, to label themselves properly. If you're anti-Trump, just say it. If you're a Democrat, just say it. Whatever your cause is, say it. Earlier in our history, that's what the newspapers did. You were lined up in one party or another, one belief system or another. Today they pretend. We're going to aggregate news. You're not aggregating news. You're aggregating and promoting left-wing comments, so-called news, without any reflection on what's actually taking place. It's an abomination. The headline ought to be this: Ambassador says Trump never mentioned quid pro quo. Ambassador says Trump never mentioned military aid. He's the he said that. Every witness should be the headliner. Said no bribery, no quid pro quo, no extortion, no impeachment. That's what's happened. Those are facts. What happened to the Ken Star one up here? Ken Star Republican senators may push Trump to resign. Kenny, 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 Kenny. Just saying. You want to bet money that doesn't happen? I'll be right back. Mark Levin. tell you what I predict. I predict all those media outlets, media websites, media bloggers, all those politicians, all those never-Trumpers, who give voice, celebrate, and promote this tyranny will pay a price. Their audience will come to distrust them, not on the hard, hard left, but others their audience will come to distress them. Today was a perfect example. Perfect example. If you watch the entirety of the hearing before, of course, night then you learned a lot from the so far only first-hand witness. He's rambling, he's mumbling, he's inconsistent, but he was very, very clear and unequivocal. About the president and his dealings with the president. That military aid was never linked to a meeting, was never linked to an investigation. It was never linked to a public announcement at the beginning of an investigation. In his talks with Trump, it never came up, ever. Call it what you will, quid pro quo, extortion, bribery, never came up. Not one of the other so-called witnesses ever spoke to the President of the United States, ever. This one did, at least 20 times, but not all related to Ukraine, a handful related to Ukraine. That was his emphatic, unequivocal testimony. I don't see any headlines saying that. Now, why is that? Well, because they're pushing a different narrative. And if you're going to conduct yourself like CNN and MSNBC, you're going to wind up like CNN and MSNBC. And when this presidency is over, I'll make another prediction. MSNBC will turn into another weather channel, and CNN will turn into another food channel. Or perhaps MSNBC will turn into a 24-hour bocce show. You know, 24-hour NFL, you know, you get it. And CNN will turn into a, one of those jewelry channels, Mr. Producer, where they sell the, you know, the fake gems. Invest now. This will at least double over the next millennium. I suspect something like that. But the American people ultimately, there's a lot of stupid American people, but most Americans I don't believe are stupid. The ones that matter aren't. The ones that aren't stupid carry the ones who are stupid. That we know for sure. That we know for sure. By the way, tomorrow night, in great anticipation, I'm sure, I will be on Hannity. And I can't wait for Life, Liberty, and Levin this coming Sunday. I cannot wait. All right. What am I reading here, Rich? Ah, recently... Over 100 million people had their personal information stolen in a major data breach. Social security numbers, contact details, credit scores, and more, all taken from Capital One customers. There's a good chance you were affected if you're a Capital One customer. These kinds of attacks are, getting, are going on all the time now. They're more frequent and they're more severe. It's not just Capital One. Equifax, Facebook, eBay, Uber... PlayStation, Yahoo have all leaked passwords, credit cards, and bank numbers belonging to billions of users. I never go online without Express VPN. And if you care about your privacy and safety, you shouldn't either. Express VPN connects with just one click. It's lightning fast and costs less than seven bucks a month. Use my special link, expressvpn.com mark, right now to arm yourself with an extra three months of ExpressVPN for free. Protect yourself. That's expressvpn.com slash mark, expressvpn.com mark, for an extra three months free. All right, let's see if we have another caller here. Liberals, you're free to call if you know how to actually press the buttons. Zeke, Tallahassee, Florida, XM Satellite, go.
7: Well, good evening, General Levin. Hey, sir. Yes, sir. I think I got a different take here on partly why the media
6: is canceling its coverage like CBS did yesterday and stuff. I know their ratings are stinking up the house, but I think another thing is, like, even with, like, the hearings tonight, it's because people are tuning out and not paying attention, and then they can control the narrative. They're trying to lie and
7: cover and hide all the truth that's coming out. That's why they're showing it and broadcasting it, because when people see the truth, then they know how corrupt this is. I,
0: I so actually think they're losing ratings. They really are. You cover this now, in prime time, during the weekend, and Adam Schiff is in your face while you're reading TV. I mean, that's a vomiting experience. So, you could be right, but I think the, the reason they're not doing this now, if they're not doing it, is because they've actually made a sensible business decision. Some of the networks have not. Thanks for your call, Zeke. We appreciate it. We'll be we'll be right back.
6: From the Westwood One Podcast Network.
1: He's here. He's here.
0: Here's the bottom line. The testimony today supported everything the president has said. That's the bottom line. And anyone who concludes otherwise is a, is a is a bald-faced liar. And I think many of these journalists so-called and legal analysts, they need to apologize to the American people. The terrific John Solomon who's now under attack by the New York Times. It's all right, John. You can join all the people that the New York Times has smeared and ignored. Whether it's the Ukrainians being slaughtered or the Jews being slaughtered or whatever that the New York Times mistreated. He has a great piece out on his own website. I don't know why he's not working at the Hill anymore. I guess I won't be reading the Hill anymore. Mr. Producer, no more Hill links. JohnSolomonReports.com the Ukraine scandal timeline: Democrats and their media allies don't want America to see. That's what I mean. These these outlets, they keep taking sides; they're going to lose people. February 2014: Vice President Joe Biden named by President Obama to be U.S. point man on Ukraine crisis. After Euro maiden revolution of dignity leads to ouster of Viktor Yabedab as Ukrainian president. February 21, 2014. George Soros' Open Society Foundation publishes Anti-Corruption Strategy for Ukraine, identifying the Anti-Corruption Action Center, a nonprofit that Soros Foundation and the U.S. State Department jointly fund, as the leading edge of the foundation's strategy for Ukraine. March 2014, new Ukrainian election set for May 2014, and Petro Poroshenko. Emerges as top Western friendly candidate for president. April 13, 2014, Devin Archer, the business partner of Hunter Biden, son of the vice president, and Christopher Hines, stepson of Secretary of State John Hines, excuse me, John Kerry, is named an independent director of the Ukrainian gas company, Burisma Holdings. April 15, 2014, Burisma Holdings makes two payments to the Morgan Stanley account of Devin Archer's and Hunter Biden's from Rosemont Seneca-Bohai in the amounts of $83,000 and $29,000 according to financial records obtained by the Ukrainian authorities in the FBI. April 15, 2014. Devin Archer, Hunter Biden's partner in Rosemont Seneca-Bohai and Burisma Holdings checks into the White House for a meeting with Vice President Joe Biden, according to the Secret Service's official WAVES entry logs for the Obama White House. April 22, 2014, Vice President <coughs> excuse me, Joe Biden meets with Ukraine Prime Minister Yesenyuk and urges Ukraine to ramp up energy production to free itself from its Russian natural gas dependence. Biden boasts that, quote, an American team is currently in the region working with Ukraine and its neighbors to increase Ukraine's short-term energy supply. Let me just stop there. Doesn't that already smell like a dead fish? You got Biden pushing this policy, which is fine. But Biden's son now working for Brisbane, the biggest energy company in the state, in the country. (coughs) April uh, 24, 2014. Joe Biden meets with candidate Boroshenko. April 28, 2014, Britain's serious fraud office freezes $23 million in assets kept in London by Burisma Holdings and its founder, Yabadab, on grounds it was fraudulently transferred from Ukraine. Yabadab and Burisma deny wrongdoing. May 13, 2014, Hunter Biden announced as a board member for Ukraine's largest, now he moves up as Ukraine's largest natural gas company, Burisma Holdings. Uh, let's see, and he's working for, uh, it's announced by a former cabinet official for ousted president Viktor Yabodov. Goes on and on and on, and the reason why Solomon is putting this list together is to show how thoroughly involved Vice President Biden and his son were with Ukraine. They corrupt Ukraine. That is a big deal. In my opinion. Okay. Let's see here. Just stick with me. So Ron Johnson now. Senator Johnson was on life, liberty, and Levin, And he revealed there a number of things. was really newsworthy. News. Real news. That he was in the May meeting with the President of the United States. This past May. He was in the meeting. And nothing came up. Of the sort that they're talking about at this impeachment proceeding, and also in the meeting was Mulvaney and the Energy Secretary, and one or two others. I think uh, the witness today, and he is head of the subcommittee that oversees, among others, the among other things, the uh, United States is dealing with Ukraine, and just like the witness today. At one point in September, I believe it is, he calls the President of the United States, asks him if there's anything going on about Ukraine and their money, if there's any strings attached. The President was furious too. He said, no. No, I'm not. The only demand is, you know, that they not be corrupt. I can't blow the money. But other than that, no. Folks, everybody so far who's had direct communication with the President of the United States has defended his position. Even this kind of quack, this this ambassador today. Sondland. There's not one person who's come forward with direct knowledge. Not one. Now they're going to try tomorrow with a guy who overheard a phone call that Sondland took from the President of the United States. And Sondland says, what this guy says who overheard the call doesn't make any sense because... President of the United States never uttered the, the name Joe Biden or Hunter Biden to him in any phone call. And this guy says that he overheard the call outside of a restaurant. And Sondland said today, I don't know how. I mean, the phone's up against my ear. I don't, it's not like I held it two feet away. They're going to try and pretend this is a direct witness. This is a nothing. This is what they have? I mean, seriously, folks. The impeachment numbers are beginning to soften. In some states, they're beginning to turn. Support for impeachment in the battleground state of Wisconsin dress dropped four points, Mr. Producer. And I believe I read or heard that the, uh, that the poll also showed the president beating the top four candidates there, or very close to them. And I think you're going to see this because what's going to happen, I know the media will laugh at this, is people are becoming sympathetic to the president for what's going on here. Even if you have a moderate amount of interest, everybody should put their themselves in the president's position, see how he's being treated, how he's being investigated, how his family's being treated. You know, we have an election in eleven months, give or take. Eleven months this, as a as a matter of timing, this doesn't even make sense, unless your purpose is, of course, to affect the 2020 election. And I also think the purpose is, as we've surmised here in the past, but I think it's very rational, is to take the bite out of the, uh, the independent counsel report that'll be coming out and the dorm criminal investigatory report that'll be coming out. This is intended to, uh, to take the bite out of that and also, of course, to uh, pin the scarlet letter of I on the president's forehead. From day one, I told you, the action's going to be in the Senate. It never, I mean, I was never of the belief that Nancy Pelosi wouldn't go forward when these clowns on radio kept saying, you know, she's holding them back. She's actually not as left-wing as AOC. No, yes, she is, and she's diabolical. She's not a good strategist. She's an idiot, but she has the majority, and in the House, the majority rules. No filibuster rule, none of that minority power stuff in the House. It's going to be up to McConnell and Blunt and uh, others in the leadership there either they're going to step up or they're going to be kicked out because a lot of them are up for re-election. And if they can't do the right thing here and if they're not effective here, then what the hell are they but placeholders? All right, I'll be right back. You know, if there were a real media in this country, they would announce... The impeachment's over. The testimony today, the first, the first witness who's a actual witness, right? Said the president never brought up military aid, the president never linked military aid to anything, never linked it to an announcement of an investigation, an actual investigation, a meeting, nothing. Everybody who's been in on these meetings has said exactly the same thing. The impeachment is over today. Now, I don't mean the actual process. Remember, we talked at length about the history of impeachment, what the words mean, and so forth. We actually had one legal analyst, and they keep doing quoting Gerald Ford. Now, when it comes to the Constitution our history, why are they quoting Gerald Ford? You know, impeachment is whatever the House says it is. No, it's not for the four-billionth time, anybody who says that is an ignoramus. Impeachment is what the Constitution says. Again, as Raoul Berger pointed out in his great impeachment book, and he was a brilliant man, I didn't always agree with him, but I liked him. It's like Dershowitz, I don't always agree with him, but I like him. I don't know him personally, but I like the way they think, and they argue, and they study, and they. these are scholars. And uh, he's been outstanding. He's a real civil libertarian, not these phonies. But anyway, politics can go to motive, but it doesn't define what impeachment is in the Constitution. And so what you have is a rogue, Democrat-controlled House that is motivated by power and politics. That is contrary to the thoughtful manner in which the Constitution was written. It's contrary to the notion that any branch, at any time, has illimitable power. That is, boundless power. That's not the way the framers thought. So the American people are are being, I I mean, these are uneducated legal analysts. The American people are being deceived when these discussions are being had. Hey, Frank, what do you think? Well, from a legal position, you know, the former federal... Ernie, you would think, well, you know, when we used to prosecute uh, hit-and-run cases, Frank, well, yes, when we used to adjudicate, uh, you know, trespassing cases, you don't have any heavy hitters here. Not on the issue of impeachment in history. I don't care what their former jobs have been. Because they don't sound right when they speak. They don't make any sense. Not one of them has said what I've said, which is, Never before in American history has a president faced this kind of fascistic, tyrannical investigation. By the way, you've got to love uh, Brother Tucker. I really like Tucker Carlson a lot. He does a great job. But I'm just laughing. He announces at the top of his show, you know, we're all sick of impeachment. I'm not really going to cover Then he spends 30 minutes on it. I should do that, Mr. Producer. You know, this impeachment thing is very, very tiring. We're not going to discuss it. Except this time, former Attorney General (laughs) of I'm saying I like it. I should figure out how to do that. I just haven't figured out how to do that yet. I'm I'm serious, I like it. It's very clever. Uh, Let's see here. So the New York Times is attacking Ron Johnson now. They have their own little hit squad. It's like Venezuela over there at the New York Times. If you dare to challenge the system, the power center, they'll try and take you out. But at the New York Times, of course, uh, they try and do it by, uh, by smear job. They've gone after John Solomon. They've gone after the retired lieutenant colonel who exposed Vindman. But they never go over the witnesses who, uh, who the Democrats like. Why is that, do you think? Now, ladies and gentlemen, I know you're sick of impeachment, so I'll only cover it a little bit, like the last two and a half hours. (laughs) But I have other things I want to discuss. May I? Mother, may I? Wikipedia, you know I can't stand Wikipedia. If you go to the Mark Levin post on Wikipedia, you can see left-wing rabid buffoons are the ones editing that. And I've said to Wikipedia on the air, I said, you really need to clean this up. They have no intention of doing it. As a matter of fact, on some of these sites, they don't have my wife's name right. They call her Julie Price or Prince, Mr. Producer. Julie Prince. Julie Prince is the wife of a Mark Levin who's in film in Hollywood. This is how inaccurate they are. I'm speaking to millions and millions of people now, and I'm telling Wikipedia, you got it wrong. But they still put it in there. Or one of my books might have like 30 positive book reviews and two a-holes. And the two a-holes are there. So they basically have leftists. You can't believe Wikipedia. You just cannot. And now we see that Wikipedia's editors are anti-editors who are on their unmasked. Thanks for our buddy Adam Credo over there at one of the great websites, freebeacon.com says a pro-Israel organization has exposed the identities of top Wikipedia editors who use the online encyclopedia to promote anti-Israel bias and causes, a first-of-its-kind effort that is unmasking a global online network of Israel critics. So you've got a global online network of anti-Semites, basically. The Israel Group, a nonprofit organization that combats anti-Israel bias, is set to launch next year a database that will expose the true identities, <coughs> excuse me, of many leading Wikipedia editors who harbor anti Israel bias. Do you think this is why they attack me, Mr. Producer? Because I'm pro Israel? I'm pro American and pro Israel. So I guess this is why Wikipedia attacks me. Let's continue as I fight cholera. And they have implanted this viewpoint across their website through more than 325,000 edits during the past 10 years. It has already listed the identities of several of these editors. The new effort, dubbed Wiki Israel, seeks to provide accountability for the numerous and often anonymous editors who control all the content that exists on Wikipedia. Yeah, I would love to know the the names of the editors who keep messing around with my part, but they're secret, they're hidden, they're like whistleblowers. Now, leaders of the—and by the way, as an aside, not only are the Democrats destroying the Constitution, the impeachment clause, trying to destroy the office of the presidency, destroying our relations with Ukraine, they're destroying the whistleblower law. They're making a mockery of it. Now, leaders of the Israel group accuse these individuals of acting as a cabal, of apparently anti-Israel, anonymous editors. A response for decimating virtually the entire pro-Israel editing community. Leaders of the Israel group view Wikipedia with its global reach and wide readership as a central battleground in the fight to combat the anti-Semitic boycott, divestment, and sanctions movement. And it goes on. We will link to it. You know, it really is a sleazy operation over there, Wikipedia. It's just like the phony journalists. They dress themselves up as an encyclopedia. Go ahead and read the, the post on me. I had a nephew say to me the other day, if I didn't know you and read this, I, I wouldn't know how you really are. That's exactly right. That's the goal, The smear people. Leftists, many are anti-American, many are anti-Semite. Stay away from Wikipedia. I'll be right back.
1: Mr. Right, Mr. Conservative, and Mr. Constitution. But you can call him Mark at 877-381-3811.
0: You know, socialism by another name is, well, it's still socialism. Like Bernie Sanders calling his massive health care plan Medicare for all when it's Medicare for nobody. It destroys Medicare, it destroys all private health care. Whether you're a small business person, a union member, whatever you are. All you seniors who rely on Medicare, Bernie has a better idea. Venezuela. And and then we have Senator Chuck Grassley. Uh, He's got a spine of uh, pasta. Trying to do the same by calling his socialist price controls by another name. Last week I told you how the Grassley-Widen bill, the drug pricing bill, Ran into opposition among those who are actually quite compassionate, who want more types of drugs at lower prices. We call them free market Republicans. And they are objecting to the socialist price controls and the bill called inflationary caps that would allow the government to set prices on drugs. Now, you want what happens when the government sets prices on drugs? You get more inflation, you get less drugs, you get rationing, you get long lines, and you get dead. I'm just telling you the truth, because the rarer the disease, the more difficult it is to get access to the medicines, particularly in government-run systems. And you know, most pharmaceutical companies, people don't realize this, I've talked about it before, they have programs for people who are impoverished and can prove it. And you can get free medicines if you can prove it, not playing the system. But Congress wants to destroy investments needed to fund the research for the next generation of drug treatments. Senator Grassley could put lipstick on a pig, but it's still an ugly pig with lipstick. Get the facts. Go to truehealthcarefacts.com, truehealthcarefacts.com. That's truehealthcarefacts.com. Charlie Kirk, Turning Point USA, how are you, my friend?
6: I'm doing great, Mark. It is an honor to be on with you, and thank you for all you do for our country.
0: Well, it is my great pleasure. I've come to know you. uh, I'm a great admirer. You started a little sponsorship with our program here. I just want to get it out. You know, we call that transparency. But that's not why I wanted you here. You saw the hearings today, I hope, in which the first hand, first eyewitness who actually has talked and met with the president of the United States, as bizarre as this guy is, made it abundantly clear repeatedly that the president of the United States, no quid pro quo, bribery, extortion, all the left wing Democrat terms, never brought up military assistance. This guy was one of the point guys, never brought up military assistance, never connected anything to anything. So the president of Ukraine, the president of the United States, secretary of state, foreign minister of Ukraine, and the people in the meeting, including Senator Ron John, have all said the same thing. What do you make that, of
6: that, this? That's exactly right. Well, for, first and foremost, I think that these hearings are a disgrace to the Constitution and Congress in general. And you've talked so eloquently about this, Mark. I mean, first of all, Congress is supposed to, of course, execute its oversight, you know, abilities and authorities. However, this is not what they're doing. This is a political witch hunt against a duly elected president of the United States. And so I, I'm watching these testimonies, and I, I kind of struck me, we're learning way too much about these deep state bureaucrats that are largely irrelevant. And the larger part here is that Adam Schiff is trying to use his authority as intelligence chairman to try to lower Donald Trump's approval ratings in states where President Trump is actually trending rather positively right now. And you even heard it today, in as clear as it could be, Ukraine got their aid, they got uh, lethal weaponry that President Obama did not supply and did not provide in the the form of javelins. And most specifically, uh, President Trump said in a phone call, I want nothing, I want nothing. That should be the entire takeaway. And Congressman Jim Jordan, who's a total hero, who I know that, you know, has been on this program and has been fighting so hard, he had the most brilliant takedown of the entire thing, where he said, when, when, did this, when did the quid pro quo happen? When did the meeting allegedly happen? And Sondland said, well, it didn't. And that should have ended all of these hearings right there to any sort of honest Democrat party that's out there. But as you've articulated so well in the past, they're anything but honest.
0: And same with the media. Uh, Charlie Kirk, the media this morning was very, very excited. I I had to shut it off. It was almost uh, grotesque uh, as they were uh, slobbering over each other. And that would include people who are so-called legal analysts and who are acting like buffoons. I mean, this is even before the Republicans had an opportunity to speak. But when you listen carefully to Hassan you know, you need to be sober, listen to what's going on, draw your conclusions, It's not that the Democrats won in the morning and the Republicans won in the afternoon. It's the entirety of what was said. Where is the direct evidence that the president had any sort of uh, deal going on where he said, you know, in exchange for military aid, uh, we need you to make an announcement or if you want a meeting or any of the rest of it. There's no, there's not even indirect evidence, quite frankly.
6: No, this is a trial in search of a crime. And you wrote, this, you wrote in your book so wonderfully about in the Unfreedom of the Press, uh, about the dishonesty of the media, and it's reached extremes that we've never seen before in our country, where they are giddy and happy that the country is being torn apart to try to destroy this president. And even more broadly, and I think the American people are starting to, to realize this because the impeachment ratings are way down, and President Trump is actually polling rather well against all the leading Democrats, which I think is kind of the undertone of all this, which is why you're seeing more Democrats think about throwing their hat in the ring and why they're going to such great lengths to try to destroy this president over relatively nothing. And by the way, that word, this word bribery, do you know what real bribery would be? Real bribery would be having... The son of a sitting vice president of the United States sit on a natural gas company that he has no qualifications to sit on to try to actually get access and favorable treatment. And one other thing, Mark, that is really important: Why is this all happening? This, this entire conversation even exists because Hunter Biden unethically decided to go sit on this on the board of this company. The president of the United States, President Trump, has a right and a duty and obligation to try to root out corruption in any sort of country that we send foreign aid to. And it's well known that Ukraine is one of the corrupt capitals of Eastern Europe. And I think it's just beyond disappointing that the Democrats continue to put on this charade. I kind of call it, you know, the deep state murder on the Orient Express, where you have all these random people in the deep state continually pop up their head and they didn't hear anything. They didn't see anything, but they heard about something and they overheard it and they had no direct knowledge of it. Um, and mark, I just have to say, your analysis on this has been so brilliant and so cutting edge and needed because so it, the, the amount the amount of dishonesty that 's coming from the press is at record
0: high well, thank you, Charlie and let me and yours has as well isn 't it interesting uh, I can remember what well, didn 't seem that long ago charlie you 're a young guy, but i i don 't think it would seem that long ago to you either uh, russia collusion Muller the Nadler hearings, the Mueller hearings—all these bombshells. Remember, what happened? To all those bombshells and bombshells to come, and Adam Schiff had direct evidence and all the rest of it. You think the people are worn out by all this?
6: I sure hope so. And look, I—I, I, as you well know, I visit college campuses and I talk to students about what what they care about most, and. The biggest problem with our latest campus tour is we weren't able to find space big enough to be able to satisfy all the enthusiasm and the excitement that our Turning Point USA chapters are able to generate. I did not receive one question from students about this when I actually go on the front lines of America's culture war. I didn't hear one thing about Ukrainian aid or impeachment. It's largely white noise to Americans that actually have real pressing problems that feel as if the real division in this country, Mark, is the Washington, D.C. ruling class against the American people. And when they see this procession of deep state bureaucrats that continually come and they try to testify against the president despite having no knowledge, what's the one thing they all have in common? Well, they're all part of a deep state bipartisan agreement that things were going just fine for the last 20 years, and President Trump disrupted that. What it really comes down to is that they're trying to destabilize and destroy a president that has been acting differently and has been enacting policy that they consider to be against uh, the wisdom of the ruling class and uh, and they think of themselves as philosopher kings almost that, how dare President Trump move the embassy to Jerusalem and cancel the Iran deal and actually try to secure our southern border this is much more about policy disagreements that the deep state has now found themselves with a different commander in chief and they feel as if they can they can try to do their part, as the, they consider themselves to be the fourth branch of government, to stand up against it. But, yes, I do think the American people are fed up with it. That's why the ratings are going down so dramatically. But I just have to say, and you've been really on the cutting edge of this, Mark, I'm so disgusted by an American press that is so happy to see a president have to go through an impeachment inquiry. It's almost as if they've gotten their greatest gift. They'd much rather see America fail than Donald Trump succeed as president.
0: Haven't uh, these hearings also demonstrated the uh, the the uh, that the the bureaucracy and the Democrat Party are really one, they're one and the same thing. Which is why when the Democrats are in office, they try to grow the bureaucracy, and why when the Republicans are in office, the bureaucracy tries to thwart the Republicans. Isn't that really what we're seeing uh, in in these hearings? I mean, look, the, these no-name ambassadors and you know, mm-hmm. Deputy Assistant Secretary for Widgets—they show up. My God, they're integrity. We've never seen anybody like this before. Uh, my great-grandfather worked at the, you know, the Department of Agriculture, and they go on and on and on with this stuff.
6: Right. And look, they need each other. I mean, the deep state needs the media and the media needs the deep state. And, you know, Mark, you're you're probably the best constitutional expert out there that actually gives insight into the origins and the original intent and a textualist interpretation of the United States Constitution. And growing up actually listening to your show, I learned more about the U.S. Constitution from you than actually my civics teachers in public high school in Chicago, which actually would make a lot of sense because you actually talk about and have read the Constitution. However, we now have a fourth branch of government. Wait a minute,
0: wait, that, you grew up listening to me?
6: That's correct. On I must be an old man. Well, <laughs> I, when I say grow up, I mean in my teenage years. I'm just you were kidding. Formative, you were formative in me actually understanding separation of well, powers, first principles, and natural mm-hmm. rights, stuff that students aren't always taught. And what I realized you know, from listening to you and you know, actually reading the U.S. Constitution and now seeing this play out, where you see this procession of bureaucrats they 're part of this fourth branch of government, and what 's so scary about it is it 's a basically unlimited bench of people that have total contempt for this president. These are unelected, unknown, and people with unchecked power against the citizenry and This is exactly why President Trump won is the fact that there is this kind of deep state um, this kind of deep state rebellion uh, that now Uh, president trump has had to deal with and look mark it's so frustrating because we just got done with this taxpayer funded uh... investigation over the last two and a half years which by the way your analysis that it should never have happened in the first place was totally correct i mean you can make the argument that it was unconstitutional in nature and i don't think the senate republicans or the house republicans ever made that compelling argument but now all of a sudden we have to go to this ukrainian sequel and what's really does the disservice is that we have pressing needs in this country washington dc has far too much power illegal immigration continues to be a pressing issue the government needs to be funded and yet we have this almost 24-hour news cycle of uh, you know deep state bureaucrats that continually to parade on cable television with the sole intent to destroy a president that the ruling class has total disgust and disdain for.
0: Charlie Kirk, you do a tremendous job running Turning Point USA. You do a tremendous job on television. I'm very tough about the sponsors that we take here, but it was not hard to take Turning Point USA. I'm so thrilled with what you guys do. Tell everybody where they can find out about you.
6: Sure. Well, as you well know, we fight on high school and college campuses where the battle matters most. And so it's tpusa.com. It's uh, tpusa.com. And look, there's a rise of socialism in this country. And as the deep state gets stronger, it gives license to these bad ideologies to continue to permeate and grow and infringe on our liberties and first principles. And uh, high school and college students are just yearning for a different perspective. And we're so thankful to be able to give it to them and i've been on over 20 college campuses in just the last two months uh, bringing this message of freedom and liberty and we're going to win america's culture war uh with the help of you and so many others uh fighting for first principles in the constitution where it matters most
0: all right my friend thank you appreciate it be well we'll be right back much
1: love in
0: Make a suggestion, ladies and gentlemen, and I don't do this often unless I'm on Hannity. I don't really talk about watching Hannity. Maybe I should. You really need to watch Hannity tonight. I have the inside word. I know who's coming on. It's a blockbuster show tonight. And he has a very, very important take on what took place at today's hearing. So I'm going to check it out. I hope you will too. It's on in about seven minutes on the Fox News channel. It's going to be very, very powerful. And, of course, they want to take Hannity out, too. It's just the nature of the, uh, of the beast, unfortunately. It truly is. So as soon as this show is over, I'm putting on Fox. You should, too, in my opinion. You know, computer systems in cars are the new normal. From electronically controlled transmissions to touchscreen displays to dozens of sensors. But all this advanced tech is expensive to fix if and when it breaks. That's why I have CarShield. CarShield has affordable protection plans that can save you thousands for a covered repair, including computers, GPS, electronics, and more. CarShield has helped over 1 million customers, so drive with confidence knowing you got coverage from America's number one auto protection provider, CarShield. Whether you have 5,000 miles or 150,000 miles on your vehicle, it is inevitable something will break. Get covered now, before it does, by CarShield today. Call 800-CAR-6000, 800-CAR-6000, use code LEVIN, or go to carshield.com, carshield.com, use code LEVIN, L-E-V-I-N, you'll get 10% off either way. That's 800-CAR-6000 or carshield.com, each case, code LEVIN a deductible may apply. So forget about the press. Forget about the legal analysts. They're all positioning themselves. Hey, look, let, let, let's be honest about this. The press wants full impeachment. They want a trial leading up to an election. This is what these, these fools live for. They live for pseudo-events, and then they surround it with propaganda. Uh, they're all dying to be, uh, you know, reporters during the Watergate era. T- take my word for this. Uh, It's a relatively small social circle based in Washington, D.C. and New York for the most part. They think alike. They talk alike. And they basically despise you. That's the truth. I know a lot of these people. They basically despise you and they think you're stupid. And how many of these journalists actually report the news rather than, you know, if I were the Republicans, I think what the Republicans should do... And then they have these Sunday shows where they bring Republicans on and they just attack them. Bring Democrats on and they kiss their ass. Because so many of them are Democrats or have family members who work for Obama and on and on and on. Here's a perfect question. Perfect question. Why did Obama not fund Ukrainian offensive military weaponry? Why didn't the State Department jump up and down then? Why didn't the CIA jump up and down then? Why didn't the Defense Department jump up and down then? Why didn't the media jump up and down then? I don't understand. Weren't Ukrainian lives just as important when the Russian tanks were pouring over the border, killing thirteen to 14,000 of them, as they are today, when Russian tanks dare not, dare not, go further west into the Ukraine? What about Comparisons. Comparisons are important. In addition to that, this president has given well over half a billion dollars to the Ukrainian government and a lot of it in offensive weaponry to defend itself. Well, you can't compare, Mark. You can't do it. well, I want to compare. So if Donald Trump let, let me put it to you this way. If Donald Trump Well, let me do it this way. There's an ongoing criminal investigation of what happened in 2016, and that includes Ukraine and Russia, I'm sure, and the Ukrainians have to assist us, as does every other country we're involved, as did 13 countries' assisted Bob Mueller when he was the uh, head of the special counsel's office. Donald Trump didn't have to threaten anything. That's the point. Not only didn't he have to, which is the scenario they're trying to create, he didn't. That's today's testimony. That's today's testimony. We salute our armed forces, police officers, firefighters, and emergency personnel. And point of personal privilege, uh praying for my buddy Rick A. Bell as well. So we'll be right back. No, we won't. See you tomorrow. From
7: the Westwood One Podcast Network.